1: This is Stand Up For The Truth. Today, Monday, June 12,
0: 2023 on the calendar. Fresh new podcast guest host. Today, I'm Crash Connell,
1: along with Tara Koslowski. And she's here with special guests. And we'll introduce you two here in just a moment. Easy for me to say.
0: The Great Commission says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Matthew 28:16 through 20. Well, the signs of the times are telling us that time is short. How many of us as believers are actively going into the world and making disciples? Today we are talking with Sarah Christensen, Executive Director of Frontline Harvest Ministry here in Green Bay. And she is making a big impact in the lives of women in our area. She's been a guest on the podcast before, so you might recognize her. She's been sharing about her ministry and also talking about the truth about the occult. She is from Green Bay and her ministry is called Frontline Harvest Ministries. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Well, I'm going to have Sarah actually start us off in a word of prayer. Yes.
1: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, God, for your salvation in our lives of intervening and by your grace we can be saved. We thank you for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, that you have made atonement and provided a way for our sins to be forgiven. We just ask you, God, that you will bless this time as we are here on the radio discussing things of your kingdom. We pray that your name is lifted. We pray that you are glorified. And we, we pray, God, that truth will sound forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you Sarah. It's so great to have you here. This is my
0: first time hosting. I'm usually I'm on the Morning Show Morning Show co-host on Q90. And Sarah, actually, and I Sarah and I know each other from doing some ministry work together. I've been a part of Damascus Road locally. We do ministry to an outreach to women who are victims of human trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation in Wisconsin. And so Sarah's ministry and Damascus Road, we partner together on occasion. We serve similar populations, women in need in our area. And so I'm just very excited to have you back. I know some people who are listening, though, may have not heard your previous podcasts. If you want to hear those, you can go back and check them out. But um, if you would... If you haven't heard Sarah before, um, just share a little bit about your background and how you um, became to, came to start Frontline Harvest Ministry.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm very thankful. I find it to be a privilege that I get to be with you on your first time hosting. <laughs> so this is exciting. Um, well, I grew up here in Green Bay, and my mom was actually in child pornography and a stripper, and um, she was involved in a lot of things that led her to trauma in her life, and so I look at my mom as training ground, and she taught me a lot about um, Native American, that's what I grew up with, uh, the culture, and different things that are new age, and that led me to witchcraft when I was about 11 years old. Um, and so that was my background until I got saved when I was 19 um, which led me to getting involved with different um, struggling with pills and drinking and I was dancing for money and I was in a horrible abusive relationship that was actually like he was trying to groom me to do more things and I was actually involved in also professional dance at the time I was that was my dream so I was 19 years old and um, This lady actually that was in my dance class had brought me to her home. She was my age and I was only 19. And I met her mother named Nandini, and they were from Sri Lanka, which was a big and impactful way of bringing me to Christ because it was used by dance and because I've seen people that weren't just like the average Christian person that looked, because I was taught certain things that Jesus was only for white people and Jesus, the Bible's written by man and all these things. So I had all these lies in my mind about who Jesus was, what the Bible represented. Obviously, Jesus wants all nations to come to him and everything, and so she just began to sit with me every week when I was finally desperate. Because at first I'm like, no, I do not want to know that. You know, I was very resistant. But because of all of the trials and things that was going on in my life, I finally came to a place of just like desperate where I knew like I needed more than what I've learned and what I've been taught, what I've been doing with fortune telling and palm reading and all of those things weren't giving me answers of truth. Like, where do we go when we die? What's their purpose? Why are we here? Why do bad things happen? Karma and um, those things just didn't do it for me. Um, so I had to really figure this out. I had a desire to know the truth. And that's when I reached out and I was like, you know, I'm open to this. I don't believe it, but I'm open. And Nandini began to meet with me every week for an hour. And she would give me the answers and show me right in the Bible that all the answers are right in the Bible. And I began to realize this, and she would pray in front of me, and I could encounter the presence of God. It was like her prayers were carrying me into heaven. And one day she said, "'Do you want me to pray for you?' And I said, yes, I would like to be healed. So my mom, with all of the things that have happened that she had suffered with, was never supposed to have a child. Mm -hmm. And so she struggled with having me, and I literally died when she had me. My heart stopped. So that left me... Blew in the hospital for a while, but also my whole life I had struggled with a lot of mental problems, cognitive issues, and I was actually tested um, my whole life and examined my whole life. I would never be able to like go to college or I could never have a job without supervision, um, all these different things that I really struggled with. And Nandini looked at me and said, Jesus can heal you. And she began to pray the gospel over me. And in that moment, it was as if my eyes could see that Jesus Christ isn't just a man, but that he's God in the flesh and that he died for me, too, and for the whole world. And then he rose again so that I could be forgiven. And I realized, too, that he loved us. And it was almost as if he said, you have experienced powers before, but I am the highest power. Bow to me. And in wow. that moment, I literally surrendered my life and I was flooded inside of me. I could feel him going through my whole body. I repented and put my faith in Jesus. I go home and I tell my mom I'm healed and I'm saved. Of course, she thought I was crazy, but it came to be after tests and things, nobody could give her the answers as, as me having the abilities I did that day. And how these things happened, they had no scientific explanation at all. And I told my mom, I said, it's Jesus' mom. And eventually she began to catch on. It took a long time. She's probably the hardest person I've ever dealt with. (laughs) But it was all worth it because she became my right hand in ministry. Yes. That what an incredible testimony I think it, I love
0: hearing people's background stories and I know sometimes that can be a little intimidating we really want to we're talking about discipleship especially today and there might be some listeners thinking well that's easy for you because you came from that kind of background and what about me I just was raised in church I don't really have that compelling of a testimony and I know for me when I started working I, I've worked now for over 15 years with survivors of human trafficking and people often ask me did that happen to you? Because why are you doing this ministry if you don't have personal experience? Like You had a lot of personal experience and now you're helping women because you know from your personal experience what that's like. But that doesn't mean because we haven't had that experience that we aren't called to also go and, and disciple and reach out. So for me, I know... God placed it in, God placed the issue of trafficking in front of my face. And I learned at Salvation Army and did an internship there, learned all about human trafficking and spent years doing ministry at Super Bowls, doing outreaches there, looking for missing kids. I've worked in aftercare with survivors. Um, I've done speaking engagements, teaching people on the issue of human trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation. And I went to school to become a teacher. You know, like, I did. And I didn't think, you know, I had, God just told me one day as I was praying and fasting and he said if you let go of your safety net I will take you places where you never thought you would go and that was so true I lived in Las Vegas worked with women that I had I could not relate to from my own life but I could because I knew that Jesus loved them and Jesus wanted them to be free from not only the the awful, uh, awful sexual experiences that they were being subjected to, but to not just free them from that, but to free them spiritually as Absolutely.
1: well.
0: Absolutely. Okay, you're hearing Stand Up for the Truth, and the guest today, Sarah Christensen
1: from Frontline Harvest Ministry, Tara Koslowski. You're involved with uh, Damascus Road in, uh, in Oshkosh. How is mm. it that you two met?
0: We, well, I think Sarah contacted us and, and said, Hey, can I come down to Oshkosh? So it's about 45 minute drive and share with you about the ministry work that we have going on in Green yeah. Bay. I think we have similar ministries yeah. and we could partner together. So we, um, she came down and shared with, uh, myself and our other directors about their ministry. And now I've gone to Green Bay and visited her home and learned just more over the last couple of years about what their, program is doing. And we also connected because we have a common interest. We both love Love to dance. dance.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah,
0: Yeah. she does um, now dance ministry. And that's often that's been something, too, that God has used to help heal me working with survivors of trafficking and in such a dark place, especially with seeing men in uh, without even realizing it kind of hardened my heart towards men to see that you know, I had this inside of me that would get frustrated because, um, it was men who were, uh, choosing bad choices and that made me kind of harden towards that. Yeah. And ballroom dance, where the man is the leader yeah. and the female is the follower and you have to trust your leader, it really helped to heal me. And I yeah. thought this could be very therapeutic yeah. in the future to use with survivors who also have a similar distrust in yeah. men. So, you now use dance as a ministry
1: as well, right? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, so how do you, how is that a part of your program? So, I do dance with children actually. So, basically, after I gave my life to Jesus, I eventually stopped dancing and, and I actually was called to go to India in 2016. And whenever I went to India in 2016, I was dancing the gospel. And I didn't realize until I was in the hotel room by myself and I prayed to the Lord. and I said, Lord, why do you really have me here? And I opened the Bible to Isaiah 26.3. He who keeps his mind stayed upon me. I will keep in perfect peace. And I knew the verse and I thought, okay, I have the peace of God. But when I looked up the word mind, it meant creative ability. Mm -hmm. And the Lord gave me a revelation in that moment that I have given you and equipped you with creative ability, with dance. And the same way that you are dancing the gospel here, go back to America and dance there. And I was dancing for kids in orphanages there. So when I came back, I was literally trying to teach uh, adults and it fell apart. And I'm like, why isn't this working? (laughs) And I went to go get a shake, because that's often what I do when I take a break. I went to go get a shake and I parked in front of a sign as I was thinking, did I really hear you clearly, Lord? And there was a sign literally in front of my car at a parking lot that said, trust me, you can dance. And I took a picture of it and I've always kept it. I said, okay, I'm going to try it again. And this time with children, with girls that were ages like five to 18. And it just developed and birthed and God just gave me this vision for the youth that basically this would be a way to disciple them this would be a way Mm -hmm. to teach them scripture in dance and to teach them that dance is actually a gift it's not for herself, it's not to draw attention to us, it's to point to Jesus it's to share a message, the gospel, and we do that for we serve with the community, we do that at outreaches, at the parks, we do that for the graduations, for the girl at the harvest home, wherever there's an open door, we will go and we will dance the gospel, Art Street, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And and it's also to reach the families or the parents. A lot of times they're at risk children. Yeah. I meet them evangelizing and You know, their parents get to see them change and their moms will eventually want to come to my Bible study. And, you know, it's just a beautiful way how I get to see the gospel just constantly working. It's like a revival all around. Um, There's a scripture in Psalm 149 3 that says, let them praise his name with the dance. Let them praise his name with timbrels and harps and some biblical history real quick is that dance was used in triumph or warfare or celebration for young girls and maidens that would lead the armies into battle accompanied by dance. And it was also used after victory or as a war cry. So really, it's a message to the enemy when we're dancing for Jesus that he's defeated and Jesus has victory.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I think we just, we minimize Dance just says, "Oh, that's something fun." But I thought that was really fascinating—the background and how it's used yeah. as warfare, and really everything that we have. The Bible says, "With everything that we have, praise the Lord." Yes, and so that includes our mi- our mind, our voice, yes. our body, everything that we have. Praise the Lord.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you have the dance ministry, and then you also have. Other parts of your ministry yes. as well. What other things that are all included in Frontline harv- Harvest Ministries?
1: So after I gave my life to Jesus, you know, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Right. And I had a heart heart. Um, to serve, like, I was already sharing the gospel everywhere and I didn't know what I was called to do, but I just started getting involved with like nursing homes and homeless shelters and all over and I realized I had this heart for the broken. And second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. That is my life verse because that is prayer. And so I believe anything God calls us to do or will equip us to do or any kind of ministry or service it's always through prayer. It's what he will impress on our heart when we're in prayer and he will fill us at that time. So as I begin began to pray the lord opened up a way of taking women in in the home and you know it was i would say it was like a service i was doing before i was saved but i wasn't equipped to do it i don't think we'll ever really be equipped but i think mm-hmm. we have more tools now because of the failures but yeah. <laughs> um You know, we were doing this, that's even my sister, you know, I met her when she was a little girl, and I took her in. You know, I was eight, and I brought her home and said, you're going to stay with us, and her dad literally gave her to us because they saw our love for her. But after being saved, now it's like a different power—the power of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom He provides, and then the vision He gives. Where it all clicks, like this was part of what I put in your heart. This is part of what I created you for. But now let's do it my way, mm-hmm. and and that's when it was just like explosive. Um, so we also have the Harvest Home, um, which is. A Discipleship Recovery Program and is faith-based nonprofit organization serving women released from incarceration, addiction, human trafficking, and survivors with aftercare. Um, and we provide, through the Harvest Home, a safe, supporting environment to develop stability, rebuild life through our intervention efforts, leading to healing, freedom, and a flourishing, restored life. And then, of course, we have uh, lots of curriculums with that that are designed to help women break free from the destructive behaviors created by unhealthy patterns of thinking and ways of handling the challenges in life. We are committed to help them heal from past hurts, provide guidance to identify unhealthy patterns of thinking and learn new ways biblically to make decisions and process emotions. Um, And so the Harvest Home is really a really big part of our life. We spend mostly all of our time investing in the conflict resolution, you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So we have eight beds in total right now for the women. Um, And so it's four women that uh, are being released from incarceration, whether they're coming from treatment, an agency, a referral whoever might be addicted or trapped in a cycle of destructive behavior and that are really desperate for change. So when girls want to come, they have to apply and they have to agree with our handbook and understand what we're standing for and what the program will consist of for six months to a year and the four phases. And if they agree to that and they fill out the application, then through prayer we'll accept them in and, and it's really intensive discipleship for 30 days. So, like, once they're there, they have a structured schedule for 30 days straight of classes, of groups, of biblical counseling, discipleship meetings. Um, obviously, there's fun and food involved and other Christ-centered mm-hmm. activities and exercise um, so it's it's great, and they also will get in touch with Shante, who is also our ministry partner and a administrative director of the Harvest Home, and she does what's called next steps with them right away. So right when they're there, we try to evaluate what it is that's their greatest needs, basic needs, obviously hygiene pack right away, um, but they might need outpatient treatment, they might need an ID, bus pass, food, clothes doctor appointment, um, insurance, case management. We have to figure out court dates. So all those things, like right when they get there and for 30 days, it's a lot of work for them and for us. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I, I imagine. Well, this is Stand Up
0: for the Truth. We are talking about discipleship today. I'm Tara Kozlowski and I'm speaking with Sarah Christensen from Frontline Harvest Ministries in Green Bay. She's telling us about their Harvest Home and all the different ministries that they have with Frontline Harvest Ministries and how they disciple women. So in discipleship, we're talking about how we are all called to make disciples and just sharing some of the ways that we do that. Specifically, you really focus on just any woman in need. Yeah. Right. Anybody could come to your discipleship home absolutely and then they there's a process of application yep yeah yep. and they have some time then once they're in the home that's really focused on getting in the word developing good habits yep. um, that's so crucial and just teaching how to have a healthy disciplined life which is a scary thing a lot of times we all know we need discipline but that's It's hard getting there sometimes because that means cutting out the things, cutting out self and the things that we want and putting in what God says is good for us. And then going out and making more disciples. That's the goal is training someone up in the word and how to live a lifestyle that is uh probably very different from the lifestyle that they've lived before, but that's mm-hmm. dedicated to Christ. Because I think so many people, once they come to Christ, they read the word, they come to Christ, someone shared faith with them. But there is so much growth that needs to happen. And it's really important for mature believers to have a space yeah. to be able to reach out to newer believers and teach them how to follow Christ, as you had in your mm-hmm. own life, someone who did that for you, and now you're doing that for other women through Frontline yeah. Harvest harvest Ministries yeah. in Green Bay. Yeah. So you have the Harvest Home, as yeah. you were talking about, and you also have some other ministries. You mentioned your dance mm-hmm. ministry. I also remember you telling me about the outreaches that you do yeah. in the park. So that sounds like something anyone can do. You know, you might be saying, well, I can't really start a... A home that's not really my calling, and I'm not much of a dancer. But we want to really uh, help our listeners to understand: you don't have to do those things. What is God calling you to do? Yeah. What? Are, how can God use the things that He's giving you to be able to reach people in your own life, in your community? Yeah. And and you've been doing that, reaching your community through outreaches yes, in the park as absolutely.
1: well. Absolutely, yeah. And you know. You know, it's really not even like starting a home, but definitely if there are women who want to be able to share the word of God or and pray or anything like that, we're always looking for mentors, teachers, group leaders that we will even train if they're willing to come in just once once a week for an hour. Like that's not that long, right? So Anybody can almost do that. So through praying and just saying, "You know God, I'll go." You you're not going to you don't have to be having credentials and all these things. Is if you have the love of Jesus inside of you and you love his word and Jesus is first in your life, then you have a testimony and you are equipped by the Holy Spirit to do it. And with the outreaches at the parks, we're actually starting them today. So as oh, long wow. as it doesn't rain out, <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to be there. We go to different parks through the summer every year on Mondays at 6 p.m. So tonight we'll be at Eastman Park and we'll eventually get to Imperial and we'll get to Tank and we'll get to Whitney. And we go to, we go to the parks and we basically evangelize beforehand Sunday, Monday. We go door to door. And we invite people and we let them know, hey, we're a ministry here in the community. We're going to be having free food and things like that. We offer prayer, the gospel. And when they come, there is live worship music that's going on. There's food being served. Um, there's kids programs happening. I'll eventually share a message of the gospel and something from the Bible and offer prayer at the end. And it's pretty amazing, but people come up and they want to receive Christ and we just see the Lord touching lives with his love because we're going out Mm -hmm. and anybody can do that just go out and be available whatever he would lead you to do but specifically he's led me to do that and do outreaches at the parks and so we've been we've been doing this ministry for 17 years wow all together yeah
0: That's incredible. And when you go to the parks, do you have to do now, do you have to go to the city and things and before
1: and get permission to do this in the park? Yeah. And it costs money.
0: Okay. Yes. Every, and as we know, everything costs money. So that was going to be in my next question too. Of course, you, you serve food yep. at these outreaches. How do you get the funding that you need to be able to do these park outreaches?
1: Well, prior to going to Christ the Rock Church, you know, we, we would pray, Lord, how? We would always be puzzled and wonder uh, to God, like, this is something we plan to do. We know you've called us to do it. How is this going to happen? Because it's hundreds of dollars. I mean, we're feeding hundreds of people a week and he would literally miraculously provide and it's never through just one person or one way it was just I think he wanted to teach us to trust in him mm-hmm. so all them years and then when we began going to Christ the Rock Church now it's them that is covering that for us so we are so grateful for that wow
0: and Christ the Rock Church in De Pere yes. is that your, your partner church yes and they partner with many of your ministries. But other other than just people in the church, can anyone give to the, the ministry work of
1: Frontline Harvest Ministries? Absolutely. Um, whether that's giving through their time to pray, to cover mm-hmm. us, because we're in spiritual battle all the time. We need prayer. Um, But then also, like, any way to volunteer, like, whether that's coming in to organize the clothes we have or whether that's coming in to sit with the girls and play games or to mentor or to go and evangelize with us or to serve at a park. I mean, there is so many endless of ways, really, that somebody could get involved. Of course, this is a woman's ministry, so It would be mostly women that we need unless somebody wants to do some housework and lawn care and stuff like that. That stuff is important. I think working in a
0: ministry, a lot of times people think that it's kind of glamorized in a sense because it's very energizing helping people in need and we want to feel like we're doing important things. And sometimes that feels like... Well, if I'm not, you know, praying over someone or sharing the gospel that I'm not doing important work, but right. it's the day to day things. And sometimes that means even more. It's the things that maybe don't seem as glamorous, yeah. but we need done, especially yeah. with a home. Um, Just all the things that need fixing and lawn care and all okay. those daily things that need to be done that you rely on volunteers to do
1: Mm -hmm. and even transportation that's always like a really big thing that Mm -hmm. we need is help with transportation just you know whether it's getting our girls from the home to the outreach or picking people girls up in the community that we've you know been ministering to they're interested in coming and things like that there's just so many ways and then if
0: someone is interested in the area, in volunteering, do you have an online an application, a volunteer application, yeah, or how do they go yeah, about doing that?
1: Yeah, they would contact me, and then we normally have a meeting, and we talk about the things and the framework of it and everything and go through it, what's on their heart to do. And we go from there, and we pray together, and we go from there. Yeah, or even financially, you know, finances are always in need, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's huge, but... Um, yes, yeah, so there's just so many ways. And if
0: someone is interested in being a financial donor, they can go to frontlineharvestministries.com yes. and do that. There you are, a 501c3 yes. nonprofit, so your donation would be tax deductible. And if they want to send it to you, they can send it to your ministry as well, correct? Yes.
1: Yep, in a check form, to the P.O. box, the website. There's lots of ways. And you can go
0: online and find out that information if you want to do it that way or if you want to just give directly online, FrontlineHarvestMinistries.com. This is Stand Up for the Truth. We are talking about discipleship today. I'm Tara Kozlowski and speaking with Sarah Christensen from Frontline Harvest Ministries. We are going to be coming back with more in a bit with Sarah Christensen. Stay tuned. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. I'm Tara Kozlowski. You're listening to Stand Up For The Truth. We're talking about discipleship today with Sarah Christensen from Frontline Harvest Ministries here in Green Bay, and Sarah was just sharing with us all the ways that Frontline Harvest Ministry is doing discipleship in the community. Um, you also shared your testimony and how you have uh, you were motivated. You, know, what motivated you to want to disciple others?
1: Just seeing the change in my own life, and seeing like no people don't always mainly go to church and just get saved. Mm-hmm. All the people that I could reach wouldn't go to church. Mm. And I didn't see it really anybody. I'm not saying nobody was doing it, but I didn't see nobody doing this. Yeah. I didn't see nobody going to them um, outside of bars or going to houses. And I'm like, where are the people who want to go evangelize? Because I'm over here all by myself, young, 19, and I want to go. I want to go tell <laughs> the world about Jesus. And, you know, I did, I started doing it and, you know, I, I was praying for a team and um, that's what led me into all of this was just like prayer and starting to just do it. And, you know, I would say to people like start where you are because that's where it always begins mm-hmm. and just nobody was doing it. And, you know, the Lord had said, you know, he showed me in the Bible that he had gifted me with the gift of teaching I didn't mm. want to accept that. <laughs> I had other people coming in to lead these groups in my home because none of these people would go to church. They were drug dealers right. and strippers, and just people that wouldn't step foot in a church. They would say, if I stepped foot in a church, I would yes. burn. Yes. And I'm like, okay, come to my house, and yeah. they would. And um, you know, these everybody would quit. The people that would lead the Bible study would end up quitting on me out of fear. They would tell me that, you know, these people are going to steal. This is going to happen. And one after one. And I said, Lord, are you saying something to me? Because I would be so discouraged as a young believer. Like I really, I really didn't want to share the word. I just wanted to share the gospel. I wanted them to learn from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And he he gave me that revelation, like, I'm calling you to do this. And so it took so much courage. I was so scared. But after uh, so many disappointments, I just said, I'm just going to do it because I knew like consistency meant so much. And you're witness to people, yes, love and sharing the gospel, but your consistency of your character, of you being there and that switching up, is huge it's like Mm -hmm. such a major powerful tool to bring people to Christ because that's how he is he's constant he's faithful he's steadfast that is isn't that one of the reasons why we trust him right and so if we're trying to gain the trust in the heart of people we have to be consistent so I said yes and I'm like Lord I know I am not the one (laughs) (laughs) but through you your power and grace I will and Wow, did he form that gift of teaching inside of me? I'm still learning it, but, um, he's, he really did use it. And I just began a Bible study at that time and people wanted to come and they kept coming and it grew. And thank God that he's opened the door at Christ the Rock Church so that we could go there. And of course, it's open to the community and everybody. Um, but it, it's also a way like a, a bridge for the people that are in the community and uncomfortable in churches and things like that, where they can say, okay, I know these people and it's not necessarily a church and I can trust them. So I will go and they will come. And so it's it's just a beautiful way of seeing the Lord win hearts of the people and, and teach them the gospel
0: that's incredible. So now you have this. Now your Bible study has just grown. I've seen yeah. the the group. It's quite a large group, and you meet at Christ the Rock Church in Napier.
1: And yes. any this is open to any woman. Yeah. And when do you have it? So every other Monday, uh, from six thirty to eight p.m. And we serve food, and we also have live worship music in the beginning as well. And I'll share a Bible message. We've been going over Ephesians six, the armor of God, and spiritual warfare. Um, So we're on uh, the Shield of Faith. Uh, We're going to be starting back up in the fall time because in the summer we go to the parks and we switch Mm -hmm. up the Mondays to the park outreaches. But then when fall comes, it's back to women's Bible study.
0: And this, for anyone who's not in the local area, they could also view this yeah, online via yes. the Bible study on how do they do, how do they do that?
1: Um, they can go to my Facebook page, uh, Sarah Christensen, and I put all of my Facebook Lives on there. Well, you said that one of the things that really
0: struck me is just the idea of, it's so common for people who have just grown up in church, we're used to what church is, and it, you know, this is the service, we do the worship, then we do the sermon and we'd maybe do an Easter outreach where we have some kind of big event and people come to the church. And there's nothing wrong with that to get people to come to church. Yeah. But as a non, when you were a non-believer, you said nobody was really coming out. It took someone who was willing to come out and specifically speak to you. Yes. And that took a lot of courage on her part too, because at the time you had, We're practicing in witchcraft Mm -hmm. and a very unlikely convert, (laughs) but because the power of God, you were just completely transformed and it took that person to go out and specifically reach you. So we need to be uh, consistently building our church, but also going out into the community and finding those that need to hear the truth. Now, you said once you uh, came to Christ, the hardest person that you then discipled was your own mom. That's probably true. A lot of us, it might be easier to share with strangers than it is our own family. There's a lot of risk involved with that. Yeah, yeah. And so how did that, how did your mom finally, what was the turning point for her?
1: So I would say I would try to read scripture to her and she was very resistant to it. You know, she didn't want to hear the Bible. She didn't agree. She would get upset. She'd get upset with the Christian radio on. In fact, when I tried to open the home to people, she kicked them out oh. and of her house. And yeah, so it was, it was definitely a lot of battle there. But instead of fighting back and arguing, the Lord reminded me of 1 John 4, perfect love casts out mm-hmm. fear. And if my mom was gripped with fear, and if she had strongholds of fear and distrust, one thing that was needed was love. Mm -hmm. And he empowered me with the agape love of the Bible to love her through that. And then after trying to read the Bible to her every day before work, even if it was for 15 minutes, and through circumstances of reflecting love to her, she finally was interested And it chipped away the hardness of her heart. And obviously through prayer and fasting, right? Mm -hmm. That's the background of any kind of spiritual warfare, leading people to Christ. We've got to be praying over their soul. But eventually I told my mom after that year, I said, you know, I'm going to stop reading the Bible now to you. You can now read it yourself. (laughs) And the Lord was so good to send another woman in her life at church and she began to lead her in the Bible. And my mom just began to get in the Word, and today she studies the Word every day. Like, she loves the Word of God, and she loves Jesus. And it was just so amazing to see how God could literally transform that.
0: Praise God. And now you're doing, you're in ministry together. Yes. You and your mom are doing, running Frontline Harvest Ministries together. Yes. This is Stand Up for the Truth. We're talking about discipleship and evangelism yes. today. I'm your host, Tara Kozlowski, and I'm speaking with Sarah Christensen yes. from Frontline Harvest Ministries here in Green Bay. If you want to learn more about their ministry, you can check it out. Frontlineharvestministries.com. So now we've talked about your home where you disciple women and in your mom once she got saved. Now you're, you started a harvest home to disciple women. You're doing outreach in the community, outreach in the park. And part of this process as women see your outreach in the park and then they come to your home, your discipleship home. Once they complete the program, they go through a graduation. Yes, and you just had a graduation. Yes, at Christ the Rock Church in De Pere. Tell yes. tell us a why is it you know you graduate school? It's yeah. like okay, that's exciting, but why for these women is graduation so important?
1: Well, the graduation is so important because it is a great work that they have done and that God has done in their life, like the courage it takes to make a commitment and then actually walk that commitment out of coming out of a life of destruction and of darkness and to say, I want to change and I'm willing to do what it takes to change and the dedication they pour into this and all the times they want to run and they're used to running and they don't and the times of where they're so uncomfortable and they could go back to what's familiar and they don't. Mm And all of the effort to study the Bible and to do their packets and to do the homework and to go through this and to show up at the classes and to maintain eventually a job and all of that work to rebuild your life. Yeah. That is truly an amazing thing to celebrate. And so we have in the graduation a slideshow. We have their testimony. It's for, it's, it's for the spiritual realm, it's for their life, but it's also for the community to show them that Jesus has the power over addiction that there is a crisis going on right now in America specifically with overdoses and all of these things. And it is to show the community that there is something different. This isn't just self-management here. Mm -hmm. This isn't just self-help here. This is the power of God. When the word of God is poured into a soul, what can happen? And so it is really to display the victory that Jesus has over Satan's attempts to destroy lives. And so we do this celebration to celebrate, first and foremost, the faithfulness of God, that it is really only by his grace that they even go through this program and then to keep them through it. yeah, And his faithfulness to them to be everything that they need when they feel like they're falling apart. And to remind them of the challenges. And when they see their pictures and they when they see their own testimonies, they are themselves reminded that they did go through these things and so now that they have graduated, it's not over. But these were faith builders. These were moments to build so that they can have a foundation to stand on when they leave. And they can remember all of the good times and the laughters and the fun times and the silly times and that, hey, We're now a family. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not just people to help, but we're a family. And we're here to support you now, even when you're being released and sent out. Um, So we want to celebrate God. We want to celebrate the victory in Christ. We want to celebrate their victory. And we want to make it known to the spiritual realm that you didn't defeat them. And so we're making a big celebration because it is a big celebration. Mm -hmm. For Jesus to save a soul and transform a soul and equip them to be a disciple is not an easy task. And we're making a message known to the spiritual realm. And we do live worship music. We serve food. This is open to the community. And we do a dance at the end. And we do this because it is a war cry. And we are saying Jesus has the victory over this and we will make a celebration and we will sound a testimony because the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and that we don't love our lives to the death. And so when they share their testimonies, there is power in that. And it is a power and a reminder to the enemy that he didn't get them, Jesus saved them and to God be the glory. So the graduations are very important at the end. Very. Yeah. Is there a specific person that comes to mind that you could share
0: just from someone who had went through your program or through graduation yeah. and their experience or success story?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of them. I, I mean, just recently I can share about a lady that just went through our program. She was on drugs and battling addiction for eight years. She mm-hmm. was in prison twice and she got released to us and she's been there 10 months and she's moving out this week. Um, she uh, didn't talk to her kids for that long too, for eight years. Wow. And when she came, there was a lot of in inside work to do. Um, but as she grew, God opened the door and reconciled her children of what she thought would be the biggest obstacle in her life. hindrance because she loved her children so much and anyway God restored the relationship with her children and she flourished and she started now at the end you know she started leading the groups and the Bible studies for the girls at the home and she's gonna be moving in with her daughter and it's just amazing testimony and she said literally she does not know where she would be if she had not come
0: Wow, that's amazing! So we, you, you had said in her story that she was she can actually get was it court ordered to be part of no it program? Was her oh, choice. she had to choose. Okay, because I know some programs kind of work like that too. But of course, it really does need to be the choice because I know yeah. even with working with survivors of trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation, one of the common words that people ask me is how do you rescue these yeah. women and we don't use that term because yeah. they have to choose that for themselves yeah. if they're 18 or older they have to choose that for themselves yeah. and that is difficult for all the reasons you said that usually drugs are involved and yeah. mental manipulation yeah. usually a trauma bond or a love bond is formed with their pimp or trafficker yeah. and there's it's like an onion there's so many layers but we know that Christ can break through all of those things. Yes. Um, And without that, you can, you know, follow a 12 step program that could be helpful, but to experience true freedom, You have to have that encounter with Christ. Right. To to have not only the outside change, but the inside changed as well. Absolutely. This is Stand Up for the Truth. We're talking about discipleship today and evangelism. I'm Tara Kozlowski and I'm speaking with Sarah Christensen from Frontline Harvest Ministries. You can check out their website ministries.com sharing all of the great ways that they minister to women here in Green Bay um, in the community with their Harvest Home, their park outreaches, and uh, their Women's Bible Study as well. We know a part of this is, now you mentioned too, there's a lot of women, anybody can come to this program, but uh, typically the women that come to you for help are women who have not really a strong home structure mm-hmm. maybe didn't come from that or are struggling with alcohol or addiction or have maybe a past of um, trafficking or uh, working in the strip club or things like that where they don't really know where to go for support. And in all those things, we know that there's a lot of spiritual things going on there as well. A lot mm-hmm. of spiritual warfare that you encounter in your ministry. Can you share about how you encounter spiritual warfare?
1: Absolutely. Um, and you know, for the home, it is for the women that are being released from um, prison, jail, they're in human trafficking or um, addiction and things like that for the home specifically. But we do help women from anywhere, mm-hmm. we'll support and offer services to them as well. And spiritual warfare comes in so many forms. Yeah. Um, as far as like trying to stir up the girls against each other. Mm, Yeah. You know, like stuff like that happening, like it's like right before, like even when we were about to have the graduation, every time we're about to have a graduation, it's crazy what will happen around that time. The dysfunction, the relationships being combative, um, just putting an attack on the relationships that are in the home. Just so many people getting sick, you know, like people got sick right after that. Mm. Just so many things that happen. Um, spiritual warfare with even just like girls wanting to run, right? The, the, The enemy is like bringing to their mind, giving them nightmares about doing drugs and making them want that. Like it's, it's crazy how far that it can go actually.
0: Wow. So one of the things, one of the ways that you can help, because we always want to be inviting. We don't want to just share this, all this bad stuff is going on. And we want to share the stories of how lives are being changed, but how you can be a part of it too. And there's lots of ways to do that. Prayer, of course, is always number one. Yes. So please keep their ministry in mind as you are praying frontline for harvest ministries.com is where you can yes. find more information about them. But continue to pray for them as yet yeah, it is such a battleground of people with dealing with drug addiction, dealing with alcohol, passive occult dealing just with everyday things too, because the enemy doesn't want the women to experience hope and freedom. That's right. And graduation, like you said, it is important that. And that's why they do experience a lot of spiritual warfare. Um, we know, also know that um, people, are dealing just in general. There is so much in our culture right now with just sexual immorality. People now dealing tapping into the occult like never before. I feel like I'm just seeing it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Can you give some advice, some encouragement to someone who's listening right now who might be struggling with the occult or sexual immorality?
1: Mm -hmm. I would say for the occult, there are two kingdoms. And when somebody is battling with horoscopes, astrology, wanting to know their future so bad, mm-hmm. there is only one who has all the answers. In Isaiah 8, he said, if they don't speak of this word, then there is no light in them. And so when we look for answers in other places, we are literally opening up doors And we are cursing our life because we are exchanging from the devil. And we think that we're getting answers and some peace of mind. And we are not. We are just taking a bite of poison like he offered to Eve. Mm -hmm. And it is polluting the mind. It is cursing the life. And the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said that he came to give life and life abundantly. And so that's what I mean by there are two kingdoms and one that will last forever, which is Jesus and his kingdom and his power. And then there's Satan. So even if you think you're a good witch, which I thought, or you're just doing it to help people, which I thought, or you're just trying to get answers, or you just want to know this one thing, or it was just one time, You know, even with Halloween, like it's just for my kids, you know, for them to have fun. It's not harmless fun. It is the serious thing that, you know, all of these means is set up by the devil as his agenda to kill, steal and destroy, to curse lives, to blind people. And so if you're struggling with that, please repent, because you don't want to give power of your life over to Satan for him to corrupt you. It is a real power. I've experienced it. You want to give your life to Jesus and you want to surrender it to him. And you want to say, Jesus, I trust you to fulfill your plan and let it unfold. And I welcome you to do that in my life, however you want to, with or with without whatever I want. Because what you have is what I ultimately want and what is best anyways. And Jesus's power always ends with reward and satisfaction and for your best interest and for your protection So when Jesus says, these things are an abomination to me, the witchcraft and the spells and the soothsaying and the whispers and all of those things, He's literally saying, This is an abomination because I've appointed you to something greater than that. That is not for people that are born again. God is a God that is living and alive and those things do not belong with the Christian. They they that's dead stuff. That's evil and wickedness, and it's not of God, does not glorify God. So must must repent and ask God to close all of those doors because they really do want to attach to the soul. They really do want to to attach to the mind and drag you into hell. And for somebody that's struggling with sexual immorality, I would say also repent. You know, in First Corinthians 6, he talks about how even when you think that you're just sleeping with somebody, people think, well, I'm just having sex or something. No, your body is becoming one. You're creating a soul tie. Your your body doesn't lie. And you can try to lie to yourself, but your body won't. And your body will always remember and it will be tied to that. And so Jesus tells us that we should live holy to him, that we should live a pure life to him, and that he'll be everything we what we need. And there's so many different addictions with that, with girls that struggle and have cravings or whoever it might be it doesn't matter people in general god did give us sexuality but is to be expressed in a way that will glorify him yeah amen
0: We are talking with Sarah Christensen from Frontline Harvest Ministries. If you want to find out more about her organization, you can go to FrontlineHarvestMinistries.com. And just quickly before we head out, Sarah, what are, can you uh, give us some ways that we can get involved? So you can give, of course, they're always in need of financial support, prayer support, yes.
1: um,
0: other specific needs if anyone's in the local area that they could help with.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, girls always need journals, they always need. Pens, they always need highlighters, schedulers, arts and crafts materials, um, sometimes clothes or jackets, uh, toilet paper, rides. Uh, We already talked about prayer and finances and volunteering through mentoring and leading class and discipleship and things like that. So, I mean, there's a long list, but there's some ideas. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Contact them, FrontlineMinistries.com. Sarah Christensen, thank you so much for coming in today. And it was a pleasure talking with you. Yes. I'm Tara Kozlowski, filling in for Mary and David today. This is Stand Up for the Truth. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.